When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, Whiskey Ginger fans? Welcome to the show. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for joining us during this terrible time. Uh, I hope we can bring some comedy and some fun and some chit-chat laughter uh, to take you away from all the nonsense that's going on right now. All my tour dates are being rescheduled and moved around, so if you're looking for the Red Rocket Tour at andrewsantino.com, we're working on it, I promise. It's going to get rescheduled, going to get redone. Uh, On the website, if you want to go check out the Patreon, is on there. Our merch page is on there, um, and we're going to be updating stuff as we go. When I know, you'll know. I'm sorry, it's not easy, but we're all going to get through it and we're going to reschedule everything and hopefully we'll be able to reconvene our lives uh, when we can get through this thing. Um, Enough of my rambling on. If you want to know anything else, go to Cheeto Santino on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff and andrewsantino.com should have everything you need about the Cheeto. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Whiskey Ginger. My guest today is one of my favorite people on earth. I say that for all my guests, but I mean it once again today. It's Mr. Dan Cummins. Yo! Hello. Thanks for uh, for social distancing me in there. I, pr- I appreciate it. I, I, Dude, I appreciate it. I wish you, I wish you could be here with me. Uh, cheers, by the way. Cheers. I don't know if you're drinking. I am. Yeah, there you go. I, I What's was, in there? This is, you know, normally I'm not a Jack Daniels guy, but I had a gift. The last show I did, it's kind of sad now. It, it shows, Single barrel. It shows the uh, little custom thing they did. Last show oh, before the cool. before the stop down, they put a little logo, some distributor, I guess. But uh, it's um, single barrel select, yeah, just Jack Daniels. Usually, I, I like Bullet Rye just for basic stuff. Right, and, uh, I like I, I like Bullet too. Bullet's all right. This is this is Buffalo Trace inside of here. Oh, I'm actually having an Irish yeah. coffee. I love. I probably uh, drink now that the quarantine has happened. I'm drinking probably like five more cups of coffee a day than I than I should. Yeah. But I, I don't care. I want to, I want to fucking rev all day. If I'm going to be living in this nightmare, I might as well be amped for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, now, sure. in the, so, so right now I've been doing, uh, I've been putting Buffalo Trace in my coffee around this time of day so I can have like a little pick me up in the middle of the day. Oh, that's great. I've been, yeah. I've been trying to, I was going so hard on the caffeine before all this went down. I've been trying to ease back on the caffeine, but I've been going hard on the weed where usually I'm always like, oh, I can't do too many gummies because I got to take the kids to school the next morning, whatever. But now in this world, I'm yeah. just like, nah, fuck it, whatever, you know, just, uh, yeah. do they, do they, do that's something, uh, I want to talk to you about so many different things and my mind is racing right now. Let me introduce in a more proper fashion. You are a phenomenal stand standup comic. Uh, you have an incredible uh, podcast called time suck. You're kind of a, um, I, I don't want to say veteran in the comedy no, world, yeah, but yeah. like you're, you're an OG, right? Is that a good way? You're like, this is, this is your, yeah, tw- you have, this is about tw- almost 20 years. That's great, man. Yeah. And you, you, uh, left Los Angeles, you got out of here and you moved to Coeur d'Alene, right? Yep. Yep. 
Coeur d'Alene, yeah. Idaho. You wanted to get out of get out of the bullshit and get away from all this nonsense. Yeah, and some of it was family. I mean, I wish. I mean, I wish it was a hundred percent. I mean, some of it was just a kid situation. I got two kids with my ex wife. They were coming down back and forth the whole time I was in L.A. between Spokane, Washington, which is right across the border from Coeur d'Alene, and then L.A. Yeah. And it was just too hard on them. I mean, I mean, we were doing it every month, go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they liked L.A., but but uh, and, and part of it was they were kind of liking it so much that there was, you know, they might want to like live down there all the time. I didn't want to kind of like do that to them with their social stuff. And I wasn't doing right. L.A. things like I had this job at Playboy that I knew I was going to be done with. It was just a money grab. And I wasn't when I first went down there, I, I was supposed to acting classes and I, and I just didn't because I just didn't want to. And, and all the things that LA is really good for, I wasn't doing anyway. Like I wasn't hanging out at the store. I wasn't doing that. I was just kind of like a, a hermit right. anyway. So I'm like, why? Well, I'm not taking advantage of anything here. Why am I doing this? And so it just made right. sense to kind of, and, and then ironically it helps so much because the podcast to get everything kind of going the way I've built it, there was no way I could have done it in LA because I would have been stretched too thin running around doing, you know, driving around, stuck in traffic, all those things. It allowed me just to kind of focus on only one thing. So it, 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 worked, it worked out by accident. Yeah, but that's a good accident, man. A lot of us are struggling with, uh, look, LA is a great, I've been here for long enough now that I know better. It's like, you know, when people complain about being here, it's like, well, then get out. You yeah. know, but you, you, you just can't complain anymore once you've lived here long enough. You're like, if you, if you still hate it, right. it's your fault. Yep. Like no, no one's, no one's making you stay. So I like it just fine, but I, I do yeah, admire do, people you do that great. are able to get away. I mean, you, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, cause you're, you know, you do so much acting and you're a great actor where it's like, you can't, you have to be there to be on set. You have, it totally, it totally makes sense for your career. Well, the goal for me though, is to, is to hopefully I can make enough money, uh, doing acting shit yeah. that I can move and then do comedy from wherever the fuck I want. Yeah. That's, that's my ultimate goal. I mean, like it, I just want to make a ton of money and then disappear and then just do comedy from there. Would, wouldn't you still act? Cause I know like once you get established to a certain degree and, and I'm kind of talking out of my ass here cause I'm not an actor, but just yeah. from hearing from other people, like you've enough casting directors and things like know who you are, where at some point you could yeah. just, I mean, do put your stuff on tape from wherever and just fly out to LA if you were taping. Right. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I feel like, but it also, like, I look at it at the perspective of, like, dude, I'm not the fucking, <clears throat> I'm not the guy that they're thinking about when they write The Handsome Boyfriend. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they're never, like, the handsome redheaded man sauntered in the room. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I always have perspective over the fact that it's, like, I feel like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a girl that works the pool in Vegas. You know, like, I'm good from 18 to 24. And then after that, they're, like, we got a new batch coming in. You got to get the fuck out of uh... here. So I feel like at some point I'm going to hit that, that moment of, like, we're good for a while. You know what I mean? So I think like acting has always been a thing I, I like, Yeah. but stand up is what I love. Comedy okay. is what I love. Okay. So, so I like acting. It's great, but also you have zero control. Like right. I, I, you have zero fucking, at least with comedy, I have, it's all my control. I have right. nothing but control. So I, I, that's just the difference. Well, now but, with um, podcasting, I mean, I mean, I mean with this, yeah. I mean, similar, but where it's like, I have, I have another one too. But it with my wife. It's non-comedy. It's like a horror one, but it's getting its own little following, which is nice. And then yeah. you have that one with, you know, Bobby Lee, which is doing really Bobby, well. It's like, yeah, yeah. So how nice is that to live in this world where, I mean, you have those options where acting, stand-up, podcasting, any of the three are legitimate careers. And, and you know, it's I, I, dude, I'm very thankful of all that shit. I mean, like, as are you. I, look, I oh listen to your show. I, I, think, I think what you put together is phenomenal. Um, and, and I just think that, like, you you found a great is it niche or niche I can't it's it's annoying I think it's that both. I'm going to say I it think wrong. it's both uh, people no matter niche which way niche. you say yeah. it they're going to say you said it the wrong way 
you found a good Nietzsche. Uh, you found a good Nietzsche. And uh, <laughs> Perfect. it's just so great to, to see you delve deep into, into a million different topics because it's way, you're much more of an intellectual approach to podcasting. Let's put it that way. I'm a, me and Bob are just dick and fart goofball idiots. <laughs> you at least divulge information, which I think is like, it's it's great. It's like a, you're like almost like a, it's like a learning pro- podcast. Yeah. It's like a learning comedy. You know, it's yeah. well. I had one of those things where uh, yeah, and thank you. Um, it, it is just nice that I, like technology wise that there is a, a space for me to do what I, what I love the most, which didn't exist. You know, fifteen twenty years ago, where yeah. I was actually the weird kid who loved school. I loved research papers. Like I loved like I just I do love to learn. Always had, you know, like uh, when I was in school and, uh, you know, college, my, my, when I was in college, my goal was just to figure out how, how do I stay in college forever? You know, I just, I loved wow. it. I loved the social aspect. I love the drinking. I love the learning. And then time suck has kind of become all of that where when I started doing it, I did think for this project, as opposed to thoughts in the past of like, what would sell or what would have, what, what is my agent or manager telling me I should kind of do? I listened to those voices way too much for a long time. And then with, yeah. with this one, it was just, yeah, but but if I could do a dream job and, and just get paid for it in a magical world, what would it be? I just love learning weird shit. Like I love digging into the internet and being like, what's this dude about? What's this story about? And finding right. out more. And luckily I found an audience because it, it is so fun to do. Like, And it has like unexpected rewards. Like we do a lot of history, do a lot of true true crime. We have topics to get voted in now for Time Suck. Like the Patreon people can, oh, that's cool. can vote. And they voted in a topic that at first I was super annoyed. It was like the first like joke topic just to fuck with me they voted in. And it was squirting. It was female ejaculation. And I'm like, I can't fucking oh. talk about squirting for two hours. But, and you did, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but then I did. Somehow you did. I did. Well, I, I beefed it up into a, a sex topic in general. And it was fascinating this past week to, to dig into all these Kinsey stats and all these right. like, like what kinds of sex are people having? Why do people like kink? Find out the parts of the brain where it releases dopamine when you're trying weird shit. I, I got into a weird deep dive on fucking pony play, which I'm like, what is, how is this world out there? And how did I not know about how deep it went? Hey, man, I think it's totally normal. Okay, I don't want you to judge because maybe I'm a pony play guy, dude. You I'm, don't know. You know what I mean? I'm waiting for the emails. I went a little hard on the pony players. And, and, I, and I, did, yeah. I did take an attitude of like, look, I, I don't care if you're pony playing your ass off in your bedroom. You want to fucking put your wife in a pony costume or your husband or whatever, and you want to put a mm-hmm. saddle on them and you want to fucking ride them around the room. I, I really don't care. But when right. you are, when you're walking your pony person in the park and I'm there yeah. and then you catch me kind of smirking. Now I'm the dick. It's like, no, 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 no. You've, you've put your weird pony world into me. You're push. you're trying to right. force me to normalize it. And I can't like I, my brain, right. like fine, not hurting anybody, it's kind- but it's funny to me. But, but don't push it on. It's kind of like uh, when somebody pulls up next to you and they're listening to whatever kind of music doesn't really right. matter and it's blaring. Right. And you're like, dude, I'm glad you like it. Yeah. Why do I need to hear it? Exactly. Exactly. What, what, like, I, I don't care that you like it, but I don't need to hear that shit blaring out the fucking windows a block down the street. Like, exactly. I never understood them. Just roll up your fucking windows, turn on the AC. Right. En- um, enjoy it. Th- yeah. Enjoy it on your own. This brings me to a, a very interesting point. I don't know if whether or not you want to talk about oh, it, yeah. but- the kink stuff. Yeah. Um, I got into a long conversation about sexual, uh, the sexual proclivities and, and those that are in the public eye because I asked my parents right. about the Louis C.K. thing. So oh, yeah, yeah, did you yeah. watch his special? Did you watch it? Uh, wait, the, uh, is there a brand new one? No. He just put one out. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I haven't Two seen days it. ago, maybe? Oh, no. Okay. Shit, I haven't seen it. Yeah. 
So I watched it. Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, he talks a little bit about what happened at the very end of it. I don't want to give any spoilers. Sure, I don't want to sure. do anything, but, but, it, but I talked to my parents about it cause they were like, what did you do? I'm like, last night I watched the Louis CK special and, right. and I had to kind of inform my parents about all of that stuff about right. what happened and da, da, da. And then we got into this long conversation about people's private lives become public when they're yeah. famous. Yeah. And my mom, my mom was like, you just have to be prepared for your kink to be out if you're famous. And I okay. was like, well, it's not, I don't think it's fair, but I get what she was saying is like, that's just like a part of, th- there's a higher chance yeah. that his shit's going to get out, even if it's, you know, c- completely normalized, it's sure. still going to get out more so than <clears throat> the guy in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, who, who likes punching pigs when he fucks. Do you know what I mean? Like, what, what like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, like whatever it is, sure. it's just like, you're, it's bound to get out. Um, no, I know, now you haven't seen it. I'm bummed. I, I wish you saw because it it's. Well, I think I, I know. I would love to know your opinion. I think I know. I heard talking to other comics. I didn't get to see him uh, doing the act on the road, but I talked to a lot of comics who saw the act he was doing, and so yeah. I'm familiar. I, I'm assuming with what he recorded, like the gist of it, and I and I know the history of what happened. Um, and you know, and I'm one of those people that's like, I I did think the public reaction to, and I might be the minority here, to part of what he did was an overreaction. I understand on the writing staffs, it's a power thing. Like if you're above somebody as a boss and they feel career pressure to to make you happy, that part's not right. cool. The, the the power thing is not even close to cool, you know? Right. But as far as having the kink of like, hey, I like to do this thing, you know, or, you know, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't force it on people. It's like exhibitionism. You know, you can't right. just – um. <laughs> Like I get that that's your thing to be kinky and to like flash or whatever like that, but if but if you're flashing somebody who doesn't want to be flashed, now you're committing a crime. Now now this is like right. you've gone too far. Like with his but thing, the, but the irony with that thing was he asked them for the cases that I know. Right. He asked their permission, but right, you're right. dancing. I I and, said and, to my I said yeah. to my dad, I was like, you're dipping your pen in the company ink is the problem. If it was right. just girls that weren't in the in the writing position or exactly. comics, or if it was just regular women. Yep. This I don't think this would have gone that way, and, 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 if it, was and just it shouldn't have because civilians or whatever. Yeah, well, and in industry, whatever. Like, if it's somebody who's a peer, that to me, it's like, what you can't ask now about. Like, what are you supposed to do? That's the best thing you're supposed right. to do is to ask. And right. I and I know somebody who, when the story broke, she was at the uh, Montreal Comedy Festival years ago, and she didn't have a problem with this at all. Just to preface this, and I think mm-hmm. what he did was for what it was the polite thing to do. Some people would think it was weird. I think it was the right call. They were having right. drinks at a bar. He's about the same, or she's about the same age as him. They were talking business, but neither one worked for the other. So that, so I don't think there was any moral qualms with this. Sure. <laughs> and then she just said that out of nowhere, then the conversation, then they were having drinks or whatever. He very polite. He just goes, Hey, would it be cool if uh, we could go to your room and you could give me a pair of your panties to jerk off into? And, and he said it so casual that she thought he was joking. Like it was just absurd. And so she laughed and she goes, I'm sorry, what, what did you just say? And he just like, just repeated it again. I mean, if you don't mind, if I could just have a pair of your panties to jerk off into, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then she just, she said she was shocked, but not offended. And she just goes, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And he goes, no. okay. And then he just went right back into the conversation. <laughs> yeah. And to me, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Where it's like, yeah. that's your thing. You have every right to ask for that thing. And if somebody doesn't want to do that thing, they have every right to say no. And then everybody fucking moves on with their lives. To me, it's not not a scandal. No, because it's just what, you know, what is it? What is it really if we're not, if we're not being clear about what we want anymore? 
then the lines get even more blurred. Absolutely. All that shit, all that shit, you know, got, I got into the deep, deep conversations with my parents about the whole thing. (laughs) And I wanted to know their perspective, dude. You know I mean? They're, you know, they're boomers. They're the older, they're, 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 they're boomer generation and they, you know, they're, they're considerably conservative. Like I, like it's just, and they, their perspective was different than what I thought. Are they, it was interesting. Are they Pat Robertson conservative where they think that anal sex started COVID-19? Uh, it did, <laughs> by the way. And and for people that think it came from a bat is just disgusting. This is because COVID happened because yeah. this is God paying us back for yep. letting gay people get married. And that's a fact. fact. Whether people like to hear it or not. Right. We let gay people get married and God said, that's it. And and COVID came <laughs> nah, out. Now you're going to get did a you, flu. <laughs> <laughs> I said this, isn't this crazy that I lived in West Hollywood for, which for people that don't know is a predominantly gay neighborhood here yeah. in Los Angeles. I lived there for like over a decade and 10 years ago, yeah, people talked about HIV in the community, gay friends that I had mm-hmm. as like a, a life ending, super scary thing. Sure. And now that there's so much medication for it, yeah, the antivi- mentioning yeah. the word virus nowadays, yeah. People don't even think about HIV. They're like, right. they're like the virus, and someone's like, "Oh, HIV." They're like, "Wait, what? No, fucking no. That shit's that's in the we, that doesn't even bother anybody anymore." Right? That's like a that's like a that's like a, a that's like a little itch you kind of can't scratch. That's all that is. You know? They figured out it's the, like now. Yeah, it's crazy. The antiviral recipe. They figured it out for that one. It's two dudes. Two dudes got cured. I, I I read this other guy in London got cured a week ago of HIV, completely cured out of his system. And now the new viral thing is like you mentioned virus. Now people are more scared of COVID. Than you would ever be of HIV. Wow! So they, like, they got in his, a million years. They got his viral load so low that it's undetectable, huh? He doesn't even show. Yeah, that's up. what they said. Yeah, it's crazy, yep. crazy. You know, when you were yeah. t- when you were talking about the sex stuff earlier, I didn't know if you were going to ask me about like if I was worried if anybody found out mine. I try to get ahead of those things. Not that anybody would. Not that I'm like uh, anywhere near uh, Louis C.K. kind of level of of notoriety or, or or you know the public public knowing who I am. But uh, I'm actually so open about You've that got stuff. Some weird shit. No, not yeah. actually. A uh, uh, little little bondage, little dress up, and that's about as that's about nice. as far as I go. And my wife is so who, open. Who, huh? She does she does she it, does she the one that initiated the conversation about bondage, or was yeah. it you? Yeah, she was happy to talk about it and stuff. Like it's like her her thing more than my thing, but it doesn't bother ah. me. But it's like, but uh, wow. but but I do feel lucky though too, where. Right. I felt when, I, when the when the Louis C.K. thing happened, I felt bad for him in the sense that like, you know, our brains, we don't know why they're wired the way they are. We don't know why we like right. what we like. I feel lucky that like mine are pretty acceptable, like Catholic schoolgirl outfit, you know, some latex at leather. I like that look. Mm-hmm. The heels, the fishnet. That's your shit. That's my shit. Yeah. I like that yeah. kind of dress up. And, and then uh, what does she wear when you wear all that stuff? What does your wife uh, wear? She just kind of like a business suit, <laughs> like a nice business suit. And then she sits behind a desk and I kind of jiggle, like old, I, I jiggle my old ass. pads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She has the the big uh, shoulder cushions, and she just is yeah, working on accounting. 80s. And I'm like, I'm like, come on, come on, whip it! And then she just tries to ignore me as our fantasy. I just, I have a vision, a vision of you dressing up like Britney Spears in that uh, "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time" video, and her mm-hmm. coming in as like a 1980s executive right. with a calculator and a. I, I do the full and an old huge cell phone. <laughs> Very specific fantasy. I do like the full choreography yeah. to that. And then at the end, she just like, no, that's not going to work for us. I'm sorry, but uh, we already have somebody for that position. Thanks for coming in. And then I just fucking she, leave. She and passes. She passes. And then I go to the bathroom and jerk yeah. off. And just I come so hard after that rejection. Tell me this. You said that you, you so you like weed more than you like the booze? No, You're no, no. I like, the I like booze more. I like booze more. But lately, okay. I've been I've been doing more weed than normal. Usually, do you, guys, do you guys get high together? Yeah, she doesn't. She Yeah, she'll just have a, a, a very small amount. But she likes a little bit of weed. Yeah. 
Yeah, and she, but she likes yeah. to have a drink. She, we both like to have a, a few drinks at night when we're watching shows. She's she's like a vodka soda, and I usually go back and forth right. between whiskey and uh, and gin. Do you find that it helps your sexual life or hurts it when you get when you're drinking or when you're getting high? I think I think it um it adds to it a little bit because we don't we don't get like uh blitzed. You know, we might get yeah. like a strong buzz or whatever like that, but we're not um, getting sloshed at home. That that would affect it negatively for me, I think now, because then I would just probably just want to go to sleep. Yeah. yeah, that's to me, it's a 50-50. Sometimes we're partying, we're having such a good time. Yeah, and then I know we're never going to make it to to the fuck town because right. we're 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 going to brush our teeth and go to bed. Do right. You know what I mean? Like right. we're going to be stumbling around eating, you know, chips and and digging through the fridge and yep. then passing out on the couch. Yeah. It's funny. It's like the delicate, that's why I do like, I do like late night smoking a joint on the patio yeah. and maybe having like a finger of whiskey, one little finger. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then I feel like I'm, I'm more down to perform than that. If I get too high or too buzzed, I'm just like, I don't know if I got, but meanwhile, right. Cut 20 years ago, you know, I, that's when I would want to fuck like a rabbit. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? When you're young, you're just like get wasted. You're like, all I want to do is put my dick inside of that fucking anything. Well, it's, it, yeah. And it's so different too when you're young and single or where, like like on the prowl or whatever. And that was most of my stuff too, was just getting fucking hammered. And then, yeah. you know, at the end of the night, you know, you, you fall into a, a good situation and that's like a huge win. Where, right. where now it's like, you know, we've been together for a while. I'm not chasing anybody. I I know that whiskey dick is real. That I know that I'm oh my not, God. I'm not going to have anything to give if I go to a certain level. <laughs> it has to be a right. little bit more, right. I guess, kind of thought out. <laughs> right. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, I feel bad. Uh, I feel bad for my dick when I get too drunk because I know it's trying to get hard. You know, like I, like I know he's he's think he's yeah. trying to tell me yeah. like why this is your fault. Right. Like, and, and I'm trying to do my job, but you're not letting me do my job. I'm, yeah. I'm just like a very restrictive, over controlling boss when I get drunk, and my dick is like <laughs> it's one of my employees that's like, dude, I'm just trying to do them a fucking job, right. and you keep getting in the way. You know, yeah. and you're fucking up my shit. Right. So I quit, and then he just goes to sleep, and I'm done. <laughs> and, then yep. I, and then I tuck it in my ass, like all of us like, do, like right? We all, we all do. just tuck it in our ass. You feel like you push the head in the ass, and that's how you know it's you got, sleep You time. don't have a choice. Um, so tell me this. The, the the most interesting topic you think you've had on Time Suck that actually was a real-life Time Suck that kind of, like, has anything taken over your life a little bit in a kind of a creepy way where you're like, I, we indulge too much and we research too much because I've listened to a good portion of them and I always uh-huh. wonder if you get too deep almost. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's some that they get in your head more than others. Uh, I mean, I, it's, it's weird. I've done all these serial killers for like a portion of the episodes and, and a lot of times they don't they don't bother me. Not that I think like, oh, that's, well, whatever. I don't care what he did. I mean, you, you, you know that what he did is horrible, but it doesn't right. like weigh me down or bum me out. But then I did one... Uh, for a guy who who killed some kids that were from around here that went to the school maybe two blocks from where I record where I ran into people around town who knew uh, the, the the people that were killed. Like it was a big thing for this little area. And that Jesus. one – and it was such a brutal, brutal torture and killing. And, and, and just knowing like I'm seeing the same things. I went to the Denny's where they, you know, got the girl finally back after she'd been held hostage for, you know, three months and – I went, I drove by the campground where the little boy was shot and killed after being raped for, it's like, my God, that one really sunk and just like, it just, the local, it just made it so much more real. This isn't just something I'm reading about. This is like someone's life. Um, And then others have just, have just hung on in a way where it's so bizarre. I just, it's just so hard to like, forget about it. Like Albert Fish is one of the weirdest 
stories I've ever come across where he was a serial killer at the beginning of the, the 20th century. And he was such a deranged pervert and he did so many horrible things, but they were so over the top. It's just like, I just want to laugh, even though I know they're right. horrific. Right. <laughs> like, I know. Like, what, I know when it's so dark, uh, it's almost it's, funny. It's yeah. He crosses. I've, I've learned that with like the true crime where it's like this thing where it's like, oh, horrible. Uh, oh my God, so much worse. So much darker. But then if they add like a, an element of weirdness, it becomes so over the top fucked up that it's, it's just like funny. Like Albert Fish. I mean, he was a, he was a monster. He ate a kid. He literally ate a kid. But then he was so crazy, he wrote that kid's parents a letter saying, don't worry. I know he, like, basically it was this tone of like, listen, I know you're upset that I ate your kid. And I get that that's not cool. But I want you to know. <laughs> that she was, but, but, but. Listen, hold on. She was never however, molested. She did die a virgin. And I thought you would want to know that I never touched her sexually. And I'm, I feel good about that. Like, as, but he wrote it Christ. as if they were going to write him back and be like, hey, Al, uh. I'm still pretty pissed about you eating my kid, but I just, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, the bottom of my heart <laughs> for not fucking my kid. I really appreciate the effort you put in there. It didn't go unnoticed. Yeah. And and he, he would do these long cons, which I still think about sometimes. It's one of the, again, I say it's one of the funniest things. I know it's super fucked up, but he was a sadomasochist and, uh, yeah. he would, he would get, he would get people, he would torture them, but he also wanted to be tortured by them. It was the weirdest thing. Like he would make them like literally eat his shit, like literally. But then he would want to eat their shit. Like he, cause it was his shit coming out of their shit. <laughs> it was so crazy. He wanted, he wanted to eat his shit through their shit. Is what it was. His layers. It was That's very how self-indulgent deep. he yeah, was. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very meta. <laughs> That's crazy, oh, man. That's so crazy. It's so crazy. He would, he was really into being whipped and like beaten. Like he wanted to be beaten. He wanted to beat, he wanted to cut. He wanted to be cut. And, and he was into, like, all this crazy stuff in, like, the 1920s, the 19-teens. It's not like it was uh, he could go to the sex store and grab things. He would have right. to get, like, right. just actual, like, tools, like, farming tools to, to beat with, you know, to, like, be beaten with. And his craziest thing he would do is he wouldn't always kill. He, he, he would do these long cons. And back in, like, the early 20th century when, you know, a lot of people died way younger than they do now. And, uh, and, right. and when women, when their husband would die, a common thing— if they had owned a home was for them to rent out bedrooms of their home to boarders to make some income. So there would be like a, the, right. the equivalent of like the, like the classified ads, the Craigslist, they'd put out these lists in the paper for like, Hey, room for rent, you know, contact so-and-so, whatever he would send letters. He would comb through these things and he would basically like a, almost like an email spam. He would send a bunch of letters kind of fishing, seeing who would bite. And initially the letter would be that he has an adult son who um, needs to be watched over. His adult son is 18 years old. He had a head injury. He, he has some brain damage. He needs somebody to take care of him. Could you watch him for a little bit? He would see how many would come back to that. Out of those people, then he would escalate in the next letter. He's like, hey, uh, thank you for offering to board my son. Now, uh, we found a new treatment that's been working in Europe where people spank him on his bare bottom and it gets some of the brain stuff moving around and it really shows that it helps kind of like clear their heads up and they've shown a lot of progress. It's all, it's the rage in Europe. If you could just agree to spank his bare ass with a, with a firm palm, like, you know, uh, three times a week, he would see who would go for that. Some of, so, so then some of those people would come back. He had a whole thing they, and, and they found his letters. So you can read the original letters that the police found. 
Because this is partly how he was caught was one of these people like they turned the police on to this guy sending these, you know, obscene letters. Um, (laughs) So then if they agreed, he would say, hey, um, I'm so glad that you're open to this. You know, it's it's a very effective thing. I just want I can't emphasize enough. You can go real hard on him. You can um, there's a a paddle. There's a cat of nine tails. Uh, The harder you whip him, you know, his bare ass, if you really get into it, it's really going to help his brain. And I feel guilty because I'm part of the reason he got hurt. You know, it was an accident I was involved in. I, you're a saint for doing this. Thank you so much. If they bought on that, then the next step was he was like, listen, I feel so guilty about being involved with my son's accident that if you, if I were to come over, would you be willing to also beat my bare ass to alleviate the guilt that I feel for my son? So he, now he's setting up a scenario where he's getting this woman to agree to beat the <laughs> shit out of him <laughs> and he still would take it further. There was this one lady who the police got involved and they were like, you got to keep this going. You got to keep feeding him. And so he went further and further. <laughs> and by the end, he said that he was a Hollywood producer. And he said that the major motion picture stars of the day, that Humphrey Bogart, all the people, whatever, Clark Gable, whoever was fucking huge at this right. point. He, he's like, they're all getting their asses just beat and whipped <laughs> and they're pissing in each other's mouths and they're eating each other's shit. And that's, that's how they do it in Hollywood. It's the, it's the latest thing. And By the way, that's true. It's true today. <laughs> <laughs> so he would try to get this lady to agree to beat the shit out of him. Let him beat her a little bit to shit in his mouth, like everything possibly depraved. Wow. And then he would come to their house because he knows this person's willing to do what I need. Their game. Yeah, oh, their game. He, there's a that's weird, wild. There's a crazy story of him online where there's an x-ray photo you can find. Before they electrocuted, he, he ended up getting put in the chair and, you know, death sentence for a bunch of horrible things. I can't remember the exact number, but I want to say it was 47, 49. He had these long sewing needles um, in his uh, groin area. He would push needles into his balls and into his taint. And, and he, Oh, my God. And when dude. he died, this x-ray, there was just like 50 of these like sizable needles all inside of him still. Like he was a Jesus. crazy masochist. In here... Support for Whiskey Ginger comes from Manscaped, the best in below-the-belt grooming for men. Dudes out there, if you're still trimming your peen hair or your ball hair with scissors or one of those archaic trimmers that has the blades that just... where your hairs get caught and it pulls on them and it hurts a lot, you're a loser. You need to step your game up, dude. Manscaped is incredible. I've been using it since the day that they started with us, and I love it. I've, I've, I've bragged about it a few different times. I own three of uh, the Manscaped tools for my tool. Um, April is uh, Testicular Cancer Awareness Month, by the way. Every hour, uh, every hour, one dude every single day is diagnosed with testicular cancer. So check yourself, dude. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Grab your nuts. Feel around for a while in private. Don't do it in front of somebody. Don't be a weirdo, but do it in private. Uh, make sure there's no bumps and lumps on there. And meanwhile, while you're down there, Trim up, uh, trim up your tool with the right tool. Safe and easy manscaping um, with all the great tools that they have to offer. Right now, Testicular Cancer Society has teamed up with Manscaped to spread awareness for the men's health. I think that's awesome. They are committed to raising awareness. Most common form of cancer in men ages 15 to 35. That's the one that kills the most of the young men. Um, when you're down there cleaning up your sack, though, go ahead and uh, grab uh, the cop. The crop crop reviver that's uh, the after effect for you. And go ahead and get yourself the lawnmower 3.0 to clean it up 
and then crop it up afterwards to make it nice and shiny and beautiful and neat. I use it to trim my balls, and I love it. It is incredible. No nicks, no cuts, no scrapes. Right now, go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code WHISKEY. Uh, that's a pretty great deal. You can get 20% off and free shipping with using that code whiskey at manscaped.com. 20% off. And they'll send it to your house for free during this time at manscaped.com. Use the promo code whiskey, my friends. Your balls will tank you. Back to the episode. I like and 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 they, and they electric room in what state? What state did this take uh, place New York. in that he got the death penalty? New York. In New York. Yeah. Yeah. Do they still have your uh, up like I don't know the rules of um of Idaho. Yeah. Is it is it is it very religious up there or no? Yeah, Idaho is very red. We're, we're we live right near the border of Washington, which is you know Eastern Washington is pretty red, Western Washington is yeah. very blue. Technically, Washington's a blue state, and then Idaho is I think one of the reddest states. It's it's very is there, conservative. Is, there, is it Mormonism up there too or no? Some Southern Idaho, we would call it Northern yeah. Northern Utah. Growing up, because I grew up in Central Idaho, Southern Idaho yeah. is very heavily Mormon, and then Northern Idaho is very heavily. Even even Southern Idaho will make fun of Northern Idaho for having it. They always try to say it in a nice way, like uh, we have a. There's a lot of independent-minded people up there. A lot of people with a strong independent streak. Anti-government <laughs> lunatics. There's the biggest. Right. There's real estate agents that specialize in uh, properties with uh, doomsday bunkers in this area. Like th- wow. this is like Prepper Central. Like like when everything got weird lately. Um, and and I admit, like you know, it's different here than there. I have some guns, and I was uh, got some new ones to go like kind of target shoot. And when I went up to this area where they were going to like go shooting, it was a vibe of like, um, like Red Dawn Wolverines. It was a vibe of like, we fucking waited for this. Like, <laughs> like, like we're ready. Oh, my whole life. This is the for moment. This moment. This is what, and I told you, Margie, this is what the fuck we do. That's why we prepare. <laughs> exactly. So good. Exactly. That's, I mean, dude, look, I, I thought about that when this first started happening. Yeah. Because we have a lot of family that live in, um, well, a lot of family in Colorado, but also family in Utah. So oh, yeah. like I'm versed with that area of the, the, this, that Western part of the country, sure. not a lot of people are familiar with. They think yeah. of Colorado, they just know Denver, right? right? They think of Utah and they know nothing about Salt Lake, but they've heard of Salt Lake. Right. Yeah. And Idaho is kind of the same way. Like people kind of have this idea of what they might think. And then right. you go and you're like, wow, to me, you, I see this unbelievable gap between like when we go to Salt Lake, when we go up to Midway, when we go up to the mountains and all that stuff yeah. and up by, up by, um, uh, uh, Park City and all that stuff oh, yeah. where we have family, you see like a, a, an extremism with like very Mormon. It's, it's very heavy. It's very thick. And then you see the polar opposite, yeah. which is like, so anti, anti everything, anti religion, anti family, anti fucking humanity like people that are lone wolves that want nothing to do with anybody and they coexist in this space and it's really wild to see like it's it's one of those things that i'm fascinated with because i've never lived in that world i i I was in chicago in the city then i went to the suburbs in high school then i moved out to california so like i've only known major metro ish areas yeah yeah until i got to go there it's just a wild thing to see because I guess my the transition I wanted to talk about was this guy on the news the other day for for Palm Sunday had uh, eighteen hundred people gather together for this fucking you know he still wanted <laughs> sure. to praise God and I was like people are it's easy to make fun of these people yeah. but also people who've never met these kind of people don't understand 
this is not this is not a choice that they're making. Right. It's like it's it's inundated. It's been like a, such a part of their life. You cannot wrap your head around how religion takes precedent over. You could get sick and die. They're like, no. What do yep. you mean? There's no fucking way. Oh yeah, we have, there's just no fucking way. We have churches that are open around here like that. There was a, on the news the other day, and it was Southern Idaho was kind of having a, a reaction like the news down there of like, what are you guys doing? But it was um, several state senators or state congressmen in in Northern Idaho, one of whom is also a pastor, is just like, nope, you're not arresting me. I'm a, we're still going to gather. We're still going to, and basically, but it, as a he wasn't saying like this is against um, God or you're trying to stop you know our religion. He was like First Amendment rights. It was all about like government. There's just this extreme right. paranoia around here of the government trying to take away your rights. And this recent pandemic feeds into that where all of a sudden the government's telling people like you got to stay home. And it's very much an attitude like a knee-jerk reaction of like you don't fucking tell me what to do. You know, like right. – <laughs> and, and I grew up – I mean right. oh my god. When Y2K was about to hit like where I grew up. I mean, I got let out of high school. I grew up in a town of 400 people. My class, graduating class, had 23 kids. Like, I grew up super rural. 23 kids? 23 kids. My last- That's two- smaller than one classroom that I had. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my last co- couple years of high school, I lived 15 miles outside of this little town. And my sister and I were joking about it. It was like rural poverty. We essentially lived in a fucking shed. Like, like I have been in sheds nicer than wow. like the rooms we had out there. Um, <laughs> and it was this crazy mentality where, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we got, we got let out of high school once to have a uh, militia meeting before Y2K. My English teacher <laughs> t- told me that the best investment you could make was to get as many guns as you can get your hands on and bury them in your yard. Uh, for a while, my dad was burying gold or hiding gold in the walls of the house. We, what? Oh yeah, it was like the it was this whole belief system that the Illuminati, that the New World Order was gonna. There was this big United Nations conspiracy, and any day they were gonna come down from Canada and their black helicopters, and they were gonna roll in with their tanks, and they were gonna take everything you've ever had. It was like this insane. Wow. So I grew up like Ruby Ridge was an episode we did recently that um I probably got a little more emotional than some, and people were surprised I went so hard against this guy, but I'm like oh, yeah. I grew up with this guy. I, 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 I went to school with this guy's, you know, essentially this guy's not him literally, but like people like him went to school right. with their kids. And it's, and it's such a bummer where they get so paranoid and they're waiting for the world to end via either arm, like some religious kind of second coming or some man-made just kind of Armageddon situation. And then, and then you see it so sad where they devote their whole life to that. So they don't go to college. They don't focus on their career. They don't focus on any sense of future. And then eventually they're 60 years old. And they have no money and they have no property and they have, and they're just angry and bitter and crazy because their whole life was built on this big ending that never came. And, and right. so, and so like there was this insane preacher, Hal Lindsey, who's a doomsday preacher. And I fucking hate this guy. He, um, <laughs> uh, he was kind of tied into this, the people who, the weavers who are part of this Ruby Ridge thing, they were big believers in his books and his message. And he was a guy who preached for years in the seventies that the world would not last beyond 1984. And he sold millions of books based on that. And it didn't, by the way. That I, is when it all ended. It was 84. <laughs> and we're all in, in we're, 1984 we're all the matrix is now. when everything kind of stopped. It's everything the, stopped moving. And yeah. <laughs> but like, it's crazy that like, so you'd think in 1985, his career would be over. It's like, oh, no, no, no. All the people who just wasted opportunities because the world was going to end, they're fucked. But then he writes a new book saying the world's going to end in 1989 or wherever. And he sells a million more copies and he's still alive. He's in his nineties. He's still doing this shit. 
Wow. And, and, and I asked my dad, I'm like, did you, my dad, my grandpa, his, his dad was a, was a pastor and was a doomsday pastor. And I'm like, did you know about Hal Lindsey? And he was like, oh my God. He goes, we had all his books. Uh, you know, his dad, my grandpa believed my dad didn't go to college specifically because he was convinced the world was going to end in 1984. Like he's no, that's insane. And it's, yeah. So I've lived around that mentality and it's just, it's so sad where I'm like, God damn it, you guys. Like you're just, but I will say this, a part of me, a part of me wants them to be right so bad. Oh, like to to see the end. Yeah. Like a part of me is so not, I don't believe in it so much, but I also, I'm happy about people's belief systems. Like, I think it's great. There's conspiracy theorists. I like, I like that people have their own sense of belief of everything. I think it's nice that we have all these different perspectives. It's good that we don't all believe the same thing, Sure, but a piece of me, a piece of me who is a non-believer of that kind of shit. Sure wants wants to be wrong a little bit because I would go, well, they're fucking that's they were right. <laughs> like a I piece mean, of it, me once ago the crazy guy was right. Yeah, it'd be fucking wild to see. Even though I don't want it to happen. True, true. I just I just think that that's like I don't have anybody in my direct circle that was ever a prepper or any of that stuff. Yeah. But I have I have friends that are are extreme conspiracy theorists. Sure. And they they teeter sometimes on the idea of being Sa- like Sam Tripoli. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I said, dude, I said friends. But I uh, <laughs> no, I love, no, Sam. I love Sam. He's too. no, he 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 just gets into the he gets into that world. The the problem I think exists with Sam is a good example of many people that I've met over the years is like I know Sam as a guy. Yeah, he's a great he's, dude. He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. I know he believes in a lot of that stuff. Yeah. but sometimes. People believe in it to a degree that makes even them get scared. Like, I'll, I'll give you a good example. Okay. This is this is this is crazy. Uh, the movie, The Joker. Oh yeah, I got. Did I, you watch? Did no, you watch it? I'm, we keep oh, meaning to it. I God. keep. I, I know. I have to see it. Well, I've heard it's great. It's so it's so rich okay. with emotion. And and I will say this: when you watch um, regular movies, shoot up movies, and gun movies, and death movies, there's a score to it. There's a yeah. soundtrack, and and music does something to death that it desensitizes it to us. Right. You know, but when you watch violence in, in, with, in deafening silence, it, it affects you in a very different way. Yeah. It hits you harder. It's more vivid. It's more like, it's, it's like, it's lucid. It's creepy. It's like this, it's dreamlike. You're like, Oh my God, is this real? Is this fake? And after I watched the Joker, yeah, I no shit. Got, remember walking to the car, we were walking to the car and I turn I, I turned to my wife and I was like, I feel like that. I'm like, I lost my mind a little bit during the movie. Like I, I got so in depth into it. Right. It scared me a little bit. Okay. And I kept, cause my brain was running wild with thoughts over like, wow, have I ever, do I know people like this? Do I associate with people like this? Do yeah. I, cause it's so based in a root of reality, the movie for the first time in a long time, superhero movies tend to have such a sem- sense of fantasy. Sure. This one had so much reality that. Okay. It it hits a, it hits a, you gotta fucking watch, have it. To watch it. But yeah. I think about I think about people like that that are conspiracy theorists or a little bit disturbed or or bunker sure. bunker banditos and all these people that are <laughs> sure. like sometimes I think well they've probably scared themselves into that reality sometimes you know what I mean like yeah. the prepping made them go all the way right. it was like they right. were close now a few things like COVID push them right over the edge. Oh yeah. You know, like, oh yeah. Now it's a fact. Now it's a fact. God, what a, what a weird way to, I mean, it would can be you still buy guns by you, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Uh, you can up by you. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, so they tried to ban it in California 
in Southern California. Oh, during there's this. a gun store. Yeah, there's a gun store not far from my house. Yeah, and um, there was a line of like sixty people. Yeah, and they put the the cops put the kibosh on it because they were like, these are there's too many people gathering in one place waiting to buy guns. Right. Um. So now you can go, but you have to make an appointment. And it's a one person is allowed in and no one's allowed to wait outside. You have to be oh, in your car interesting. or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so for the, yeah. It's wild, man. Yeah, because I, I run by it every day. I run in this big loop in my neighborhood and I pass by it. Yeah. And I watched it take place and I talked to one of the security guards and he basically was like, yeah, he's like, we've sold more guns oh. in the past month than we've sold in a year. Wow. <laughs> It's like, whoa. I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I buy it. I believe it. I get it. I, I mean, believe I, it. I get it. I'm a, I'm a little bit part of that where it's like, I mean, and, and I grew up shooting and stuff like that. And I do like, there's a gun club up the street that I want to like, I'm not a member of now, but I, but I do think it would be fun. Like I enjoyed target practice growing up, but it is just fun. Like whatever, a target or just going out in the wood with soda cans or whatever. And just, you know, yeah. just uh, shooting them off a log. It's just, there's something just simple and fun about it. And, uh, but I did get in this mentality of, you know, we had like a, I had a hunting rival or whatever. But I did think that, like, in the area that I live in, if, if shit goes crazy, I know that my neighbors are going to be armed to the teeth. And I don't yeah. I don't want to be the one guy being like, hey guys, let's just talk about some stuff for a second. <laughs> Come on. Let's all just calm down and breathe for a bit. Like, like they would take my shit so fast. I'm like, I got to have something. Yeah. I gotta have this Does stuff. anybody have any extra guns that they could loan us? <laughs> Nobody wants to give us a gun. Guys, we have make a, it a fair fight. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of food and money, but we have no guns. If anyone, <laughs> you're showing them, they're like, this is a bag filled with money, right, right. Uh, but we just would like a gun. Does anybody have a gun they could give it? Yeah. Very I worried think about, about that. protecting Do- our match. We have a lot of food, deep freezer. We have a <laughs> lot of this money. No way to protect it. Please. And, and kids who could also work uh, strong hands. They're really, they're, they're, they're good workers. These young ones. So we'll sell them to you if you'd like. We just need one gun. Guys, I have, I, a, look, I have I, a sexy wife. She's into bondage. I've talked about it publicly. <laughs> I cannot protect her. Please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, by the way, uh, selling a, a, an image of you selling your wife in bondage already <laughs> is very funny to me. Like putting her out on the front lines in bondage. You're right. like, show them what you've got. got show be. them what you've got. We got to get some guns. They're, they're not going to give us the guns unless they know we're serious. You got to. <laughs> This reminds me of a, this is like, uh, this is a terrible story that I shouldn't tell, but I don't really care. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm not mentioning names. Uh, a girl that I dated in college, we were doing this. We were, this is, this is like, uh, what you're okay with then. And now, sure. you know what I mean? Like I didn't know I, we hadn't met yet. This was the first day I ever met this girl. And in Arizona, you do this thing called floating the salt river where you buy, you, you rent in two inner tubes okay. and you, they, a bus takes you up to the top of this mountain and you float this river all the way down. Oh, it sounds awesome. It's a, it's a, it's an awesome party, yeah. right? People in Arizona and Phoenix love it. And, um, you buy one inner tube for your cooler, a beer and one for yourself. And you just chain together everybody and you just float together. And you know, you get drunk, you piss in the water. People end up fucking on a bank somewhere. Sure. There's a rock that someone's bound to break an arm junk, jumping off of, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we hit like a little baby riptide. And uh, I don't know why this, what you're, the bonnet <laughs> thing made me think of it, but it was like, she, all of our beer spilled out of this, um, this makeshift cooler, one of those bullshit styrofoam coolers oh, yeah. that you can yep. buy from it. And because the guy that we were with wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. And so beers are spilling out down the river. So we're yeah. losing our fucking beers. We're panicking. And I had just met this girl, by yeah. the way. I've never I've never met this girl before in my life, but she's very attractive. And she was so fun. And she's like, well, how the fuck are we going to get beer? 
And I was like, well, we could, I guess we could just try to buy some from these other people floating around us. And she's like, fuck that. Sure. And she, she whips out her tits. Oh, did she flash? <laughs> yes. And yes. she starts going, and she starts going, brujas for tatas. She starts saying that. She's like, oh my God. give us beer, I'll show you my tits. And she's yeah. like flashing a half a nipple. And people, at first I was like, don't, 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 don't show these psychos. You're, you know, like, sure, sure. I was also kind of crushing on her a little bit, but I was also sure. like, don't fucking show these weirdo. You never know these dudes. These dudes are all creepy, weirdo, fuck off. Sure, sure. But then after we started getting beers, I was like, come on. All right, you'll get two tits for two beers. <laughs> I'm I'm like <laughs> selling her off to everybody. <laughs> you we ended up dating, go- by the way. Night, great girl, uh, great girl. Became my girlfriend. Great girl, great girl. You immediately go to just she was pimp. wonderful. Just like a me. Yeah, I was a pimp right away. Uh, yeah, I was selling her right away. Yeah, I was like, she'll show. I was like, yeah, she'll show her butthole for a case. Butthole for a case. <laughs> What an amazing talent. I've thought about that so much where and I know guys talk about it a lot. So I know women have some idea of it, but I don't, I still don't think a lot of women truly understand the power of just tits and a vagina, like the, oh the instinctual magnetic pull it has over guys uh, of almost any age, but especially the more horm- hormones flow when you're younger, where yes. it's amazing what guys will do just to see titty or just to like right. have a girl touch their dick. <laughs> Not even like sex it's crazy. necessarily. Like, like it's it's fuck. Like we have no equivalent. Like it's just what a crazy no. thing where that exact scenario, and it's and you switch it and you're whipping your dick out like dick for but beer. Come on, balls for beer. <laughs> People, you're a fucking monster. People are calling yeah. the police. You're a weird. If creep. I'm windmilling, I'm windmilling my cock. I'm just like, come on, man, someone throw me a beer, please. Yeah. No, <laughs> right. it's funny that it's it's funny that that's it's it's an interesting thing. That for some reason, yeah. women visually are so appealing to both men yeah. and women. Right. Like it's just such a visual, beautiful appearance yeah. that seeing the thing that yeah. you've already seen before, you already have fucking seen it. Yeah. You felt it. You've touched it. You've licked it. You fucked it. Right. You still, when you see a new one, like, ah. you're still like, whoa. Dude, it's a it's a little different. It's something. It's just a little different. I like it. The power of boobs. I I, I worked at Playboy for two years. Uh, I think I was done like three years ago. But I hosted this morning show. It's the crazy. Mm-hmm. It was the craziest show, where it was like a morning TV show on their pay per view channel, and it was four days a week. Uh, I think yeah, an hour a day, and it was me, my co-host, who was a former Playboy model. And then it would be three or four Playboy models would come in for our games. And then we'd have a few guests, one or two guests who would be like, you know, a reality show, comic, whatever, pitching, whatever they're pitching. And mm-hmm. and the games were essentially designed just to have the girls get naked. Well, like like your co-host, uh, the, the show your Dave, uh, Lil Dicky, he was a guest. He was a guest. And oh, yeah, and yeah. So we had him judge, I think, some rap contests. And then the girls, you know, the winner had to get naked. Whatever. It's always an excuse to get naked. Sure. And so I'm seeing Playboy model tits, three to four sets, different ones, four times a week. And you would think you would just be, all right, I get it. You know, fucking you're just inundated with tits. And you would get desensitized to their boobs. But then I would go, is at the Empire Center in Burbank, right there? Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, not too far from Costco and all that. Right. And where we kind of filmed. And then I would leave and I would go to that Starbucks in the Empire Center. Um, mm-hmm. and I would be standing in line and some lady would bend over in a blouse to get like a fucking ethos water bottle. And I would see her bra <laughs> and I'd be like, fuck yeah. 
Oh man, <laughs> look at that! Almost saw that titty. Like, like, like I've just it's left insane. a world of titties, and I'm just like, more, more nipple more titties. It's because it's a different titty. It's yes. so appealing because it's a different titty. It's also why I think when women send nudes, um, it's just even if it's an like even if a girl has a bad body, yeah. It's it's still the idea is so sexualized. And when men send a dick pic, I right. don't care how much the woman likes the man. This is my theory. Yeah. I, I think no women like dick pics. I believe that nobody likes dick pics. I think it's a I think it's a yeah. I think they like you. Yeah. That's why they like to see your penis. Yeah, sometimes they'll tolerate men, it. They'll tolerate it. Yeah. Right, exactly. Where men Oh yeah. It's not about the girl. They want to see the pussy or the tits. Yep. But like I think a woman is like uh, your wife, she loves you so she likes your cock because it's you. <laughs> right. It's not the cock, right? Like right. versus for a guy, any picture of tits or pussy is oh, like, yeah. oh, I, I want to look. Yeah, I, like I have to look. Oh, yeah. But like a, a random dick to a random girl is most likely going to make her go, ew, fucking, I don't want to see that weird dick. I know. I don't know whose dick that is. No, totally. <laughs> I've heard so many girls <laughs> so complain, like to my like my wife's single friends or whatever, or just girls complain about, or female comics or whatever, about like just like getting dick pics and just being like, God damn it, like fucking so enough, stop. Who, what, who these creeps think they are kind of thing. I've never right. heard a single dude ever, like a straight dude, Talk about getting like pussy pics and being like, ugh, what the fuck? These bitches, <laughs> they just keep sending me this pussy and I'm just, enough, you know, I get it. So annoying. So yeah, gross. Yeah, I've seen it. Big fucking deal. Yeah, you got gross. a pussy, whatever. Fucking, God. Well, it's also because, uh, it's also because our penis, a, a limp penis yeah. is so ugly and it has to transform. It right. has to get blood in it to make it look viable and worth it. Yeah. Where it's not like a vagina has to get a get to a thing to make it look better. It's gonna look the same as always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a dick has a dick has to have it has to be in a certain mode to even look nice. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just picturing like what a funny concept of limp dick pics. Like nobody's sending those. But like, like a limp yeah, I dick. I do. I send my, to my wife. I send limp dick pics, and I and I I'll text her. I say, work for it. I say, work for it. Are Let's you go. serious? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, I, love, I was like, I love that so much. It was so funny. Oh my god. Work for it, bitch. You're not getting a boner off the jump, lady. Let's go. Get it up. What do you got to give me back? I just love the. No, I, I the the concept is uh, is insane of sending a limp dick pic. It's That's so what sad. Men, more men should do it. Oh, yeah. it's, it's just so it's funny so, to me. Where so it's just like, like you just send like a limp dick and like a frowny face. And just, just like, <laughs> I'm sad. It's a hard day today. <laughs> uh, I wonder, and this is out of our realm, obviously, yeah. but I wonder, I wonder like if in the gay community, if gay guys send each other, what kind of fun stuff they send oh. each other. Because you know a straight dude isn't sending a girl anything really creative other than, hey, here's my cop. Oh, yeah. And it, Do you know yeah, what I mean? It's like the sixth take. You got the angle just right. You're just, you're pushing yeah. the shaft. Like yeah. you're pushing your groin so far to try and get that extra half inch. And get some perspective. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, not the, just a the casual. Uh-uh, uh-uh. No, I, the push. And so funny, the push. Anytime anytime any guy has ever taken any picture of right. his penis, right. the amount of effort you have to put in to make it look like a good penis, <laughs> it should remind you that it's not worth it right, to send that right, penis. Right, right, That's the one time like, well, it's this like, isn't real. that straight guys, like, I feel like most straight guys, like when I take pictures after the show, whatever, like little meet and greet, mm-hmm. uh, stand Almost no straight dudes are ever like, hey, man, can we take that again? Compared to like a lot of like women are like, this is my good side. Can, okay, can, right. you get, can you, the camera a little bit higher, a lot of angles. The one time straight guys seem to really care about fucking lighting and angles is dick pics. Just got to get that shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Got to fucking yeah. nail it. 
<laughs> they have LED panels at home, never for a selfie, but only for a dick pic. <laughs> oh Yo, when you kid. when you meet people, when you meet people after shows, when you do you do meet and greets, I, yeah. I I do that too. I love doing that. Do you have any rules as far as like um uh, uh do you do you shake everyone's hand or do you do like <sighs> do you have one of those things where you're like I don't shake everyone's hand, I just I'll take a picture and then uh, I do hand do do? sanitizer at the table and I do shake hands. It was weird there right before the tour went away when it was same. like I was like same. Ah. I, I I thought about not doing the meet and greet, but I felt bad. I know we get like weird gifts because of the podcast, which I'm, I, I know that some people have like, you know, they've invested a lot in this meeting and they want to, and, and I don't want to like let them down. And so right. what I did is I started, I offered like a Corona pics uh, where I would say like, okay, you guys take the selfie. I'll be a weird Corona creeper in the background. So I'll be like back okay, behind cool. and I tried to get yeah. creative, but um, yeah, yeah. No, That's because it's hard. Yeah. I, cause I shake everyone's hand and I was in Philly was my last show, um, that I got to do. I was actually in Chicago back home about to do my like last, last show before yeah. they was going to get shut down and yeah. it did get shut down. But I was in Philly and I, I took all the pictures and it was right when it was starting. It yep. was like right when it was the rumblings of it. And you know, I do, I shake everyone's hand and I say yeah. hi. And a lot of people, a lot of fans were surprisingly like, Hey, I get it. If you don't want to stand next to me. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. I mean, like people becoming more conscious yep. and I wonder I wonder what that's going to be like when this is over because I was I was I was watching a news report yeah about how China's reopening and Wuhan is like trying to function now and oh, yeah. reintegrate into society but you still see that there's plastic on a lot of stuff everyone right. has gloves and masks still like there's still that you know that 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 nervousness about what still oh, could yeah. exist so I wonder at our shows is it still going to be that kind of weird discomfort with going to shows. Like, I think it will be. Gonna be like, I don't want to sit in a fucking room. Yeah. I think it's going to, I think it will be for a little while. Like what, what I like I'm looking forward to is looking uh, forward to like turning on TV and seeing a, a baseball park full of people on a oh, bright summer day. Too. That's when yeah. to me, I'm like, okay, we're back. If everybody's willing to go fill up the ballpark and, and enjoy some baseball, you know, and be around that many people, then I'm not going to be worried about stand up shows. Cause I know that right. like, we'll be good with that. But, uh, but I, it, but it is weird to think about like when it's going to come back. I don't know. I, I don't think it's, I don't know. Hopefully it'll be normal by the time, like the end of the summer. But then I think like, well, fuck, well, what if the virus kind of spikes again? The frustrating thing with all this is that nobody knows. You can read a million news articles. Nobody knows. Nobody fucking knows. Yeah. I just, the only thing I do know is, uh, there are people out there that don't believe in it, that think this is like literally a government right. hoax. I know. It's just vi- that, that it's just totally made up yeah. and that people actually aren't dying. There are people that are saying people are not dying and that this is completely fabricated. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, <laughs> we do a lot of conspiracies. Crazy. We do a lot of conspiracies on Time Suck and stuff. And so I'm familiar with that, like mentality. And once you yeah. go to that place, the only thing that would convince a certain person like that, that it's real, they would have to have an immediate family member or close friend get it, have it be very serious, have them die or almost die, be told. And then they'd be like, oh shit. Like it would take that much for it to sink in. Like, like that, that right. whole conspiracy mentality. I'll never forget. There was this, um, we talked about flat earth once and I got kind of like into, um, just trying to figure out the flat earth mentality I, I, on the, on the little Patreon podcast we do, we go to conspiracies more often. So it's like, uh, we'll just kind of do yeah. like little analyze one video or whatever. And there was this thing called Behind the Curve. It was a flat earth documentary. Oh, I watched it. Okay. So you, yeah, so you know the, the mentality yeah, where this yeah. one guy was like, yeah. They even said, like, if we took you up into space and with your own eyes 
let you see the curve, would you then believe the world is round? And he said, no. He's like, if that happened, I would be convinced that this was all an experiment. I'd been drugged and that I was not actually in space. Like that guy, you <laughs> cannot convince. Yeah, no, you can't. Right. I it's, mean, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's also, I think a part of it is, um, uh, you know, a part of it is they want to, f- they want to be so against the norm yeah. that even if internally they might not believe it, they just want to feel like, fuck you. You don't get to tell me, right. You don't, you don't get to tell me that I'm wrong. It's, it's more of that. It's like that defiance that like, yeah, no, I, I get to be, I get to think this way. And you're like, yeah, but that's wrong. Literally it's proven right. wrong. Right. And they're like, no, you don't get to tell because yep. your proof is fake science that I think is, is all made up anyway. Oh, that, so, that's a crazy place they've got in their head where it's like, you can't, there's this weird mentality that goes to a lot of conspiracies online where they've, they've gone to this place in their head where they think that formal education is not, is is just akin to brainwashing. Basically, like right. the more degrees you have, the dumber you are because you weren't able to figure out in all of that schooling that the system is a lie and it's all a joke. Yeah. And so that actually invalidates you. Oh, you have two doctorates? Fuck you. I dropped out in eighth grade because I saw what the score was. Like, so I'm fucking woke and you're the idiot. It's like, you can't reason with that person. No, but again, like I said before, I almost want that person to be right. Like, I almost <laughs> want them to be the, I almost want them to come out on top. So, I, so we can all go, holy fucking shit. Like, like in the same regard yeah. that, in the same regard that like, I, I was raised a Catholic kid and then my mom got a divorce and then you, they kick you out of the fucking church. Yeah. And so- I'm not anti-religion by any means. I'm right. not religious by any means. I yeah. don't care if people don't, I don't give a fuck what you like. It's just, I don't like, I don't fuck with it, but it's, it's, it's fascinating to me how many people have gotten so deep within that world yeah. that you can't, you can't tell them, you can't tell them shit nope. that because their belief in that is stronger than outside shit that right. seems to be v- more obvious. And in that same regard, it's like, I don't believe in heaven and hell right. personally, but I know people that physically do yeah. that believe so deeply yeah. that it's a real place yeah. that I almost want them to be right. I oh, almost want to die and get to heaven and go, fuck, they were right. And then, and then of course get immediately removed to be like, you didn't believe in it. You're out. You're like, Fuck. I should have believed. It's like, no, I, I mean, almost want that to be true. You I, know, I, I do this horror podcast with my wife scared to death. And the fun of it for me is time suck is so analytical and so skeptical. And I'm so constantly looking for hard evidence and scientific proof. And then, then when I would do like a cryptid or some kind of, you know, supposed possession, my brain is like, well, but this person doesn't seem credible. And well, this was never right. replicated in a lab and blah, blah, blah. And then I do these other horror stories and it's kind of fun just to think, what if they're right? Please let one of them be right. Because if this little monster thing is real, that means that aliens are probably real. That means that this, right. uh, who knows? And, and it would be a much more exciting, magical world. Cause that, that'd be super fun. I, I mean, I, I think that part of the reason like these uh, people want to see that kind of the end of the world is what a great fucking show that would be. That would the best, that would be the oh best show God. that any yeah. generation of humans have ever seen. If we got to be the one generation they got to see shit fall apart in a way it never had in a mythical way. That's fucking yeah. insanely exciting. Horrible. Well, it's also exciting. because we, we, we would rather all die together. Oh than yeah. Dying alone is sad and scary. But if yeah. you told me that an asteroid was going to hit us in a week, it would be celebratory. Cause you're like, we're all going to go out. Like nobody gets to win. It's not like, 
I died on yeah. a Tuesday and you get to still live. It's like, oh, if we all die, what a fucking, what a show it would be to be like, oh my God. we're going to all die at the same big thing. I mean, I, there's something very fascinating about what the quote unquote end week. of the world. What a crazy week that would be. The The amount of orgies would just spike. <laughs> like all the weird decisions everyone would make. Like, you know, By the it, way, we're coming up to your house. If that does oh. happen, I'm coming. I, I want to try the bondage thing for the first time. So I'm coming up there if that, <laughs> you, if that starts. You come up here. We're going to get some pony play gear. I was making fun of it, yeah. but if you, it's the last I want, week. You and your wife just fuck the shit out of me. All right? That's it. You guys just pound me <laughs> Deal. for an entire week. Deal. Beat me. Beat me. Kill me. Do all the, do, do all the things that you need to do to me to take it all. Yeah, I think that that one week of... Of freedom, right. of complete chaos, would be wild to watch. It would be the most exciting week in the history of the world. Just what just, would be the first thing you would do? What would you do first if you knew? Okay, oh look, today's mon- today, today's Monday. You know, if you if they tell you next Monday you're dead, what are you doing for a week? Uh, well, I'm I'm gonna get my hands on uh, all the hard drugs that I wanted to do that never got around same. to doing. So heroin, yeah, same. I'm gonna do heroin. Um, yep. uh, speed balls. I want to mix some heroin with some coke. No, never did that. I want crack. I want to try crack. Ooh, I would try crack. I want to try crack. Yeah, yeah. I would try. <laughs> I want to smoke smoke some crack. Definitely going to punch a stranger in the face. I'm going to go to the store. Oh. I'm going to find some smug douchebag who I just feel like deserves it for whatever reason. And just just randomly, just at random, like, hey, what's up, man? And then when they look, just as hard as I can, just right in the face. <laughs> and then I'm not even going to explain it. I'm just going to fucking just keep on walking. Just walk away. Walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just chaos. There's some, yeah. I'm going to kick somebody in the nuts. Um, God, I wonder, I wonder what I would do. I would steal, I would steal a car for okay. sure. And not even, not even a nice car. I just want to steal just somebody's steal a car? car. Yeah. Well, I, I want to like Grand Theft Auto. I want to kick someone out of a car. You know, I want to grab them out. You know, like, yeah, you want to carjack somebody. Yeah, I want to carjack. Yeah, I want to carjack somebody. Yeah. I want to crash that car in into something else and then oh, run away. Like, yeah. you know, like, like I'm in a movie, like right. I'm in a fucking film. I, I want to, um. Go into a bank with a gun yes. and not actually steal the money because it's meaningless. But oh, I want right. to, f- I want to have the feeling of a robbery. You know, I want to be just, like everybody on the fucking ground, yeah. and everybody gets on the ground, and I want to shoot twice into the air yep. and just leave and just get the fuck out of there. <sighs> Maybe just get something like give me those fucking pens or something. Just something like I took something. <laughs> give, give, give me <laughs> those fucking deposit slips. Give me, give, deposit me a, give me a book of deposit slips right fucking now. <laughs> See that pen on the, the with the little kind of chain to the desk? You fucking yeah. break that chain. You give it to me now. That, now that's my pen. Give me the chain. <laughs> just to take. Um, I I would do small shit like that. That's meaningless. Just to like feel what that kind of scenario feels like. You I would, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'd want to blow something. I up. I just want to know what it's like. I'd want to blow something up. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I could have some a explosive. Building? Yeah. Like a, like like a like, building. Like the yeah, gas station building. across the street. Like, why not? Just oh, fucking blow it up. How fun would that be? Um, and I want to. This is. I don't know what this says about me. I don't know why this popped in my head, but I want to just. I want to just jerk off in the middle of the street. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know why. I don't know why that just floated yeah. in my brain, but I just want to like, just a, like a, almost like not even sexual, just an act of defiance. Be like, who fucking cares? That's funny. Cause I'm the, I want to poop in public. I just want everyone to watch me shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. I want to squat and I want to look right into somebody's eyes while I'm shitting and start smiling. Oh just man. Just as they see me shitting in the street. That, <laughs> that I would like. I was picturing traffic. Cause I, I had a friend in high school who was an anarchist kind of kid. And he did this not when they were in the car, but he shit on somebody's car. He walked up on top of the car and took a shit on top of the car. And I thought that was Love amazing. That I was picturing you like in traffic and like, like a, you know, uh, grinded to a halt and kind of like falling down Michael Douglas, but like you just get out and just a random car and just right on their windshield just so they have to see it. 
just shit on their They have to look right up into my asshole. Yeah. They have a POV right into right. my asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they really get to see the whole thing. Yeah. I like dude, that that I like. I feel like I would just do things that are small. There I, I would <laughs> I would do things that are small. They're not gonna be that big of a deal. Right. But just like tiny stuff that I need to like, like, um, you know, I really, I've, I've never, uh, like punctured someone's tire or broken someone's window. Okay. And there's a woman that lives up the street and oh, I, I want to slash her tire lady. so bad. Yeah. I just, I, she fucking, you know why this lady fucking sucks, dude? Why? They paved my street. They paved our street. They told everybody, they gave, they gave everyone like weeks and weeks in advance. Like we're paving yeah. the streets, please park. Um, on the other street, if you need your car, because we need it a day to dry. Okay. This fucking cunt <laughs> pulls out of her driveway yeah. while it's wet. Mind you, lives closest uh, to the other end of the street, but drives all the way down. So now in the middle of our street are fucking her um, Escalade <clears throat> tire marks down she, the whole fucking street. She couldn't wait one day. She just couldn't sacrifice for one day. And you know what the worst part is? It's It's not like, who did that? The, the tracks yeah. lead to her fucking driveway. Oh my God. And instead of, if I was her, if she had any decency, yeah. she would go door to door because my block isn't that big and just go, hey, I'm sorry. I, yep. I, I want to apologize. I, my, I needed to get my kid out of school or whatever fucking right. thing it was that she had care. a legitimate excuse. Nah, she didn't give a fuck. She didn't give a fuck. She didn't care even a little bit. I mean, it's just that that kind of woman. I don't want to hurt her physically because it's not going to do me any what good. What if you, you like, could just knock on the door, knock on her door, wait for her yeah. to answer it, and then you could take your shit just right on her doorstep, just eye contact, and just, and like, just yeah. shit right on. Yeah, this actually, is, you this know is what? For the I'd have my I, I'd have my cock out, yep. and I'd be looking at her in the face, just pissing right on her, just oh, pissing right on her legs. That would be a nice aggressive, but for somebody you don't really like, just the actual, just like stare at them while peeing on them. That'd be so satisfying. Yeah, pissing on somebody is so. Do you ever do you did you and your wife take showers together? Yeah, uh, we have. Yeah, yeah. Never done, yeah. Never done Do the, ever pee, pee? the pee on her. She'd be so mad at me. She, I, she would find see, out. I pee on her. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Does she know? I pee every time. Yeah, I pee every time. And she doesn't care. She gets mad. Yeah, she gets very mad. But it's <laughs> it's so fun. The little boy in you is yeah. like, I'm peeing on you and it's so fun. It's in the shower. It's washing away. We right. wash it away. She gets very angry about it, but I, I will do it every time I'm in the shower. My wife hates- Every time we're in the shower together. She hates that I uh, I blow my nose in the shower and she thinks it is the most disgusting thing ever. She's like, why can't you just- in the tissue? I'm like, why waste tissue? I can just snot right into the drain. I'm in the, sho- I'm in the shower. Right. Right. Do you no, do you piss in the shower when you normally get in? Yeah. When you first get in, do you pee? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I am blown. I have friends that are like, ew, really? And they have to pee before they get in the shower, and nah. they won't pee in it. That's insane to me. It's more satisfying for me to pee in the shower. Like it just feels better oh, for some reason. It. Just- it's the first thing I do when I get in. <laughs> right, right. But do you pee? But do you pee down the drain, or do you just pee on the floor of the shower? It depends. Do you aim for the drain? Uh, if I'm home, I aim for the drain. Just to be, I probably, this may, probably makes me a dirtbag. If I'm in a hotel, I get a little bit more cavalier. I get a You'll little, point it up. You'll piss right yeah, on the wall. Fucking wherever. Yeah. Just have fun with you it. Piss on the show, soap dish. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to do the soap dish, but yeah, but I'll but I'll but I'll go all around the place. Yeah, yeah. I'll be a little. Yeah, when I when I when I'm in a hotel, when you're on the road, it is. You do treat the bathroom like uh, you'll never. You you treat it as if it was made just for you, and right. then no one else will have to suffer how gross you're going to make it. Right. You know what right. I mean. Yes. You're like, oh, this goes away, right? This disappears when I'm yeah. done. No one has to deal with the this. The gremlins come in. The little cleaning gremlins come in and they just fucking they make right. it all better. No one has to deal with it. No, right. no real humans is, have to deal with this. No, this is the proof. I've said this before. This is why um, when everybody gets up in arms about uh, issues like global warming yeah. and all these things, it's like we all leave things so gross. Right. How could you be surprised that we're going to leave the planet nice? It's like 
Go to one hotel room at right. any given time right. if someone's staying in it. Look at how they operate in a fucking bathroom and how they leave it when they check out. Nobody gives a fuck about how they leave a hotel room you know, my, because they just go, someone else will do it. My wife is the one person who does, and that's why and she makes me feel, t- feel uh, terrible because she uh, puts, she's actually the person who puts things in the drawers when she comes on the road, like oh, uses wow. the drawers, uses the closets. Uh-uh. When we go, it's a whole thing. She, she takes everything away, throws away all of our garbage. When I'm by myself, like I literally, like I unzip my suitcase, I throw my suitcase on the bed. I unzip it. Sometimes I push it off of the bed. Just let things fly out. I don't care. (laughs) Within 12 hours, it's a war zone. Like I just, all my dirty clothes, I literally just some throw it. Like when I used to drink more on the road in in just a drunken idiocy after shows in the hotel, I'm just literally just throwing clothes. I just don't fucking care about any of it. (laughs) But she's the one. No, dude, she's, she's organized. I'm, I'm, I am, I'm somewhat organized, but in the sense of, I just, Put I take out the clothes and I put it like on the chair or the couch so okay. I know where it is. Yeah, because I've been to a, I've been to enough hotels on the road like you have that at some point sometimes I'll have such a mess that yeah. I won't be able to find something I brought that I'm like oh, oh where the yeah. fuck did I put the thing That's and annoying. I'll leave stuff I've left I've left I've shit over the years yeah, so tons. now now I'm smart now I'm like put it on the couch so that way I know it's all on the couch or the chair or whatever yeah. and just so I just so I have some semblance of like togetherness in my mind and I hope. I hope to get back to that point. I hope we can ball, all all go back on the road oh, and get back will, out man. and fucking touring, man. Oh, yeah. I, oh. I keep forgetting, too. I have a special coming out. I forgot to mention it this month. I should probably mention that. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Where's it coming out? Let's uh, talk about it's it. It's Comedy Dynamics. It's uh, Get Out of Here Devil, April 28th is when it shows up on Amazon and, and every place but, awesome. but Netflix, essentially. And then it's on, it's on Pandora now. That's why I wanted to mention it. They're doing like a sneak, okay, so a sneak peek. What's the name of it again? Say uh, it. Get Out of Here Devil. Get out of here, devil. April 28th, it releases on- Like Amazon on, uh, and- all- Amazon and all the buying platforms you can find online. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like a Brian Callen, Gaff, their last ones were on the same distribution thing where it's like- Okay, cool. I can't remember all of them, but it's like cable but on this demand. Will be, but yours yours will be, don't don't mention him. Yours will be so much better than his <laughs> bullshit because Callen is a turd. No. Yeah, but he, but, he I, but me, yeah. that's uh that's awesome that, yeah. uh, that you're putting out. Did you do it? You first, and then Comedy Dynamics bought it from you, or did you do do it with them? Oh, did it with them. So they they shot it okay, cool. uh, in um, Pontiac, Michigan, just outside of Detroit, at a little rock club. It nice, was fun, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking awesome. Uh, By the way, s- go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, no, I don't even know what I was gonna say. What were you say? I was gonna say uh, the the Michigan, Detroit is underrated as fuck for comedy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, a, a such a great place for people. There's so many places that don't have a lot of comedy venues. Right. Like Michigan right. doesn't have a lot of comedy venues. Yeah. And it is it's such a right place for comedy and they want comics to go. Mm-hmm. It's so nice when you go to those places and you're like, well, there's are fucking hardcore fans out here. But just b- because they don't have the readiness of five different comedy clubs oh, yeah. in their major cities. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think like a surprising when people ask me what one, uh, one of my favorite markets is, they're always surprised. Salt Lake City is, I, f- I feel like, not on the radar nationally is really it is the best comedy fans like they're so dedicated there and i feel like um people will think of conservative culture mormonism and yeah Mm -hmm. of course there's that but a lot of mormons will come to the shows and then also all of the kids who grew up in utah who that wasn't for them and it was too conservative and broke away they end up in salt lake city and they want all that shit they're going to show up with two you know sleeve tattoos and and all that stuff and they're going to be ready for whatever you want to throw it throw their way it's awesome that's awesome, dude. Well, um, I hope we can. Uh, I hope we reconvene this uh, 
this touring because uh, people need uh, people need to see uh, good comedy again, especially you. You're a great comic. I hope uh, people watch the special. Oh, you too, man. April 28th, man. Um, it'll be available everywhere. We'll put the link in the description. And before I go with you, here's how we end every single episode. Yeah. I walk away off camera, and then you have to say one word or one phrase into camera yourself that's going to end the episode. This is going to be pretty defying a defying moment for you. So one word or a phrase. Go ahead. Okay. Pony play. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. Oh, that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me $5 for the whiskey and $75 for the horse. Gingers are hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger. I like gingers.